All right, right, so here's the thing. Uh, I haven't had a chance to get the new voiceover ordered yet. So, you know, this is all we have. It's just the music right now, so I'm sorry in advance. So it's going to be the hard stop. Yeah, the hard stop. Really, and then really an start. amp up, too. Yeah. You like that? No, yeah. Listen, guys, it's just not, it's not ever going to be. It's not, it's not, yeah. Stop, stop. I wasn't sure if we wanted to keep Sammy yet, so. Oh, so <laughs> until really? you found out, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Comedy Zone. We're here. Um. Sitting in a different location. Yeah, we got kicked. <laughs> Not really kicked you didn't out. Because <laughs> yes, right. it's because I didn't have the new voiceover. <laughs> the walls are leaking um, in our current. Uh, we're just so funny. They were crying right. tears of laughter. And so um, they're actually sealing the walls uh, this morning at the exact same time that we were going to record. Yeah. And so we are now sitting. We've been relegated to the back of the club, basically. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the back of the club. <laughs> I've come we're full just circle. Up. Yeah, this is this is and, and actually that's the same thing that happened with my apartment. They said they were going to check for leaks. Really Are you serious? Well, here's the thing. Really it I think it was just to check and see if we had pets cuz you're supposed to pay for pets. And we got these two cats. They are shite. So they said, "Oh, we're going to change the lock and check for leaks." We ain't had no problem with leaks. Ain't been no water stains, nowhere nothing. But they got to check for leaks. All of a sudden, we got a letter uh, yeah, we understand that you have two cats. We're going to need $500 and $15 Shut a month. Oh yes, God. they did. And my wife said, we need to get a cease and desist. I'm like, slow down, law and order. It doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> right. it doesn't, doesn't quite, quite work like that. Just out the lingo. Right. She's just, she just saying, I need an objection. So why didn't, we, you, why didn't you have the cats stay somewhere? Say what? Why didn't you have the cats stay somewhere? Well, that's what we should have done. Why didn't we you just, just kill the cats? We just put them in one room, locked away. <laughs> we just <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I feel loved. I feel loved this morning, especially from that guy. I feel. <laughs> Booker for the Comedy Zone just stopped by and said hello. Gave me kind of a kiss on the cheek. Made me feel that. special. Gave you a little tongue with it. Yeah, I thought the tongue was a little. Uh, love, is a little love. Listen, love is love. Love, love is love. Yeah. I'm progressive. Oh, I don't know if it's, it's too early for that. So back to the cats. Yeah, so you killed your cats. So, no, 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 no. So they, so they, um, they, they gave us that letter, and they said that's so you, it clearly it was just deposit. So you'll get it back if the cats don't. No, that's just straight cash, straight what? cash, straight five hundred bucks. And I want to. How much did you pay for your cats? Nothing. Uh, they were my brother's cats, so and he couldn't take care of them. I'm paying five hundred dollars to take care of my brother's cat. So really, I feel like the five hundred should be on him. But he has. That's not gonna happen. He's my brother. Right. And my younger brother, so you know. Right. He owes if he gave me all the money he owed me, I could retire. Okay, so this brings me to an interesting point because um, you know Shia, the actor. Yes. So I guess he loaned his uncle when his uncle's company was down and out. Loaned him eight hundred dollars or eight hundred thousand dollars. A little different than eight hundred dollars. Anyways, I digress. Loaned him eight hundred thousand and now his uncle's company is back and Whatever, and so now he's, I guess they've gone back and forth, like, you need to pay me that money back. And the uncle has now come out and said, well, I thought you were just helping me out the way I helped you out when you were younger. Like, mm. for $800,000? No. Right. So that gets me to the point, when it's family, do you just let it go? Right. Because it's $500. That's a significant amount. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that... You're going to let it go. Because, it, uh, you know, I think, I think I'm going to let it go because, number one, I don't think... Well, well, he, he might be able to pay me, but I, you know, I don't like. He's like a an artist, like one of those starving artist kind of cats. Okay. You know, he, he works, works and stuff. Is that a pun? 
One of those cats? No. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but he, but he, you know, so I, I don't know whether I could get it back or not. But, right. you know, I agreed to help him. And Why I, are you and looking after his cats anyways? Well, because he moved in with my grandparents. Oh. Okay. And they're allergic. Oh, well, so they were sense. so the cats were staying outside in a shed. No room to move around. And Be- it's cold. And it, and it was getting to winter. Right. Yeah. And I just, me and my wife walked up to the backyard, and we just see this little face looking through a hole in the shed. Like, and I said, this you is sure it was a cat face. This was a cat face. I hope. <laughs> but, it, but I saw that, and I'm like, we just, we can't let this go. Yeah. This. Well, good for you. We're like, we got space. Perfect. Let's just get him. So yeah. we got him. My wife's falling in love with him. I, I've fallen for him. So now there are cats. Right. You know, they're not coming back to him. Right. So, and he kind of understands this. Right. So, you know, the 500 bucks I talk, you know, and I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. You know, can't get money. I don't ever want to get to the point where money dominates my thinking. Right. It's a distraction. Right. Well, that's what they were saying with Shire, because he's made, you know, some odd millions of dollars with Transformers. Yeah. But I understand the principle of being like, no, it was a loan because I was was helping you out. Right. And now your company's fine. So, yeah. And, and if, if you took, took that to court, court that's... Oh, they are taking it to court. Yeah, it's, it's going to come down to... Because that's, you know, the lawyer had here. But, it, you know, in those civil cases, it, it, in a criminal case, it comes down to reasonable, beyond a reasonable doubt. So right. you really, really got to prove somebody did something. Right. Well, with a civil case, it's just a preponderance of the evidence. Meaning that if there's a 51% chance in the jury's mind or whatever's mind, then you're guilty. That's why OJ didn't get convicted in criminal court. But he got convicted in civil court because civil court was like the bar- I call it the barbershop standard. You know, you probably did that. That's 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 the more you know. That's right. the judge is like, come on, y'all. Like that's the 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 civil court standard. But so the term was was he was found responsible for their deaths, though, right? Wasn't it? So uh, yeah, rather I think than like a guilty. Right, right. Uh, yeah, he was found liable. Uh, you know, the the yeah. you know they deal in liability in civil court. So he, yeah, they, he found him liable. So I mean, that's money that I mean, no, I don't think a judge is gonna sit there and go eight hundred thousand. Yeah, that's probably a gift. Right. He, he, like, if that's the case, then I want to be friends with him because I want you to gift me $800,000. <laughs> right. Let's be besties. <laughs> right. That's Yeah, that's hard to imagine. You just say, hey, um, here you go, 800, 800 stacks. Uh, I got it, the ashtray in my car. Hold on. Right. Hold on. Let me run outside. I, just You sure just $800,000? Right. The, it's, it's all in quarters, so it's going to weigh a lot. It's going to be right. But you'll but you be, yeah, you be good. So let, let's talk about Sammy. Talk about Sammy for a second. Your trip, Santa Clara. She's back, y'all. I am back. Took the red eye back. How was that trip coming back with a loss on your hands? You know what? I didn't really mind it because I I felt like, in my opinion, I think the Panthers did everything defensively that they could. The offense was difficult, and they were facing a really tough defense, and the O-line was getting eaten alive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it was a great season, and I'm not going to – harp on the last game which was terrible but at the end of the day they had an amazing season they have a young squad and we're not losing that many people so we'll be back and i have all the confidence in the world saying that although i did have all the confidence in the world saying that we would win too so yeah just knock on you know dan back. marino had all the confidence in the world they were gonna be back when he never went back how old was he he was about 20 something. He was a rookie when he went in. It was his rookie year. He's like, oh, we're going to do this every year. Never oh, okay. made it back. back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And yet he's one of the greatest. Right. Well, the Panthers have some decisions. You know, they got to decide what they're going to do with Josh Norman. You're going to franchise him? You're going to sign him to a I deal? I think they franchise him. You really? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. It works out poorly for him because if he gets injured, right. you know, that sucks. 
Um, and knock on wood, I hope he doesn't. But I think, who else do you think they would use a franchise on? No, nah, I think it, it would have to be him. Yeah. I, I, which, it, but it's going to be tough. That's the thing about having good young talent. you got to figure out a way, way to pay these guys. Absolutely. And who you're going to pay. Absolutely. And he would be um, – I think a lot of eyes are going to be on that, but I think it'll take a lot of pressure off the Panthers once they go, yeah, we're franchising. And, like, that's our franchise tag, whatever. Because next year the big question is how much are you going to pay him? Because if they don't, you can't blame Josh for going somewhere that will pay him absolutely millions of dollars more for his Get your skill. money while you can. Absolutely. This is not a – a thing, a game that you play until you're 50. Right. You know, so get the money while you can. Yeah. And I, I understand so that. Too. I would I hate think, to lose him, though. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think this, this, this team, too, probably feels like they've got unfinished business. Mm-hmm. And so that guys will, you know, at least for one year, be willing to kind of, yep. you know, settle for less to get Shit. stuff done. You think these guys are going to be like, I'll take a couple million less? I think so. At this age? It, 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 it's it's Jared Allen. You know, if you're 40 yeah. years old. Yeah, I, you know, if you're something like that, that's one thing. But these young guys ain't about to sacrifice no money. Who, what young guy you ever known to be like? I want to take another run. I'm gonna well, give back five. Well, million. the good thing about some of the young guys is they're already under our three-year contract with them rookie because deals. of right yeah. because they're under our rookie deals. When those are up, it's gonna be a mess. That's what Seattle's dealing with. You yeah, know, I mean, and they, they Marshawn's retiring. Yeah. Anyways, this has turned into an NFL podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Welcome to football. It's, it's, it's fascinating, though. But right, so so. Uh, how did Daniel enjoy it? Y'all went out there. Oh, he together. loved it. Yeah, her yeah. boo, her boo. For those that don't know, yes, her boo, her bay. Um, <laughs> but anyways, it was good. Like it was good. we stayed an extra day, so we stayed Monday, and I think we had talked about this a little bit on the podcast. How in Arizona they had shipped people, the homeless people, out. Yeah. You would not believe the amount of homeless people increase on Monday, the Sunday after Super Bowl. So I'm guessing they did the same thing. How do you feel about that? I mean, you know what? If I don't really care the way I think the homeless people probably enjoy it because, like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, get like, to sure. see someplace. Yeah, but they I probably send them to, like, El Segundo or something. Uh, right, not anything. Yeah, like they really send them anywhere nice. But if, if I was the homeless person, I'd be like, no way. There's so many people coming in town. This is my time to make bank. Wow. If I was homeless. Yeah. I, that's weird. It's like rather, uh, you know, and I know it's not a quick fix, but it's like maybe some attention is we could do something about all this homelessness. <laughs> instead of just put it in the closet it's like cleaning a room versus yeah, just yeah. put it all in the but closet but apparently they're, they're very good out there Like they do a good job yeah good but homeless. let me tell you the people that walked past me because I stayed in Walnut Creek which is where um, Steph Curry lives so I stayed about 30 minutes outside the city and took BART which is like the public transit system um, like subway and the only time I came in contact with two people that smell still haunts me was on our last day and I was like Ugh. yeah Ugh. It was yeah. so bad, and I literally had perfume on me and put it under my nose. Wow. So I went. one was, like, a huge fan of R. Kelly because that's all he smelled like. Oh, wow. Pee. Wow. And then, that's um, where you were going with that. Yes. I wasn't sure. Oh, I knew where she was going with okay. Oh, it was bad. I'm like, oh, my God. Has everybody in this BART system peed on you? Like, that is freaking terrible. And the other one was, like, a dead guy who had bathed in another dead guy. <laughs> Oh, God, it was Revenant. awful. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Oh. But, I, I, you know, and I, I hear those stories, and I, I just feel for those people. I, that, that's my, you know. I do, I'm, too. I'm, maybe I'm that way. I just, when I hear that. But there's services for those people. And, like, I used to run a charity in Charlotte, so I donated to those services. And they're great services. It's almost like people would rather have a handout than the help to get back to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And maybe that makes me heartless, but you know. No, I don't. I don't think it makes you heartless. I just, I just don't think that. 
I, I don't think that a lot of these states do as much as they could. Sure, I agree with that. I mean, when you got, uh, just, I mean, when you have the, you know, folks at the upper echelons of these states in these con- this country that, that bring in what they do, I, like, there's a disproportion. Right. And I'm not saying people should just give up, just give away, you right, know, whatever, right. but uh, yeah, we could do more. So in San Francisco, they set up, I think it's once a week, a station where the homeless people can come, they can use a shower, they can get showered, they can put, they can use um, a washer and a dryer for their clothes, and then they also have this thing, and they don't know who does it, but somebody will leave clean clothes out, and you'll just see a bunch of homeless people walking over to this massive That's pile really of cool. clothes, That's really and cool. like just trading clothes. So they, they do a lot. But at the same time, there's only so much you can do without enabling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we were living in Tucson, um, one year I was working holiday help at Radio Shack, which I don't recommend to anybody, by the way. I know there aren't that aren't other many Radio Shacks. Is, yeah, I was going to say, is Radio Shack even No, so but let me just say that holiday help at Radio Shack is the worst gig on the planet. Mm-hmm. What so is let it? Let me just say that. It's, I mean, where, you know, you, around the holidays, they need help to sell their batteries in their, in their radio-controlled cars, and so they bring in, you know, extra people to work the floor at, at Radio Shack. Okay. It's awful. Um, we had, you know, in the wintertime in Tucson, a lot of the homeless people go down there because it's warmer, obviously, and um, there was a guy who just about it, every week would come in, and you would see him, he was homeless, you would see him, you know, on the streets, around town every week he would come in and buy a new transistor radio because either his would break or the batteries would die or he would get mugged or something and and, well, and the the battery would break he looked like uh tom hanks at the end of castaway so he was you know oh, wow. just you know, all the hair big full beard had a trench coat uh smelled badly um, understatement he would buy like a $12 transistor radio and some batteries and would pull out of the trench coat the largest wad of cash I've ever seen in my life. Boom. Every single week. Yeah. And just peel off the $12 and was easily carrying a couple grand. I mean, at any one time. So that's, I, that's I, what I'm saying. I, yeah, I think it's enabling I, the problem. What do you think that's representative of? I mean, do you think that's the average cat or do you think that, no, I that think that's an average. extreme example? I don't. I think that the average person that's out there homeless doesn't enjoy that. Like I, they don't want to be that. Well, I think it I think it varies because I think the people begging on the side of the road that are hustling to get a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there do make probably a good amount of money because there are enough people out there like yourself and there's nothing wrong with it who will be like, "You know what? They're down on their luck. I've got a couple bucks. Let let me give it to them." I'm a little on the other way. I'm like, "Oh my god, look over here. It's so interesting not looking yeah. at, you know what I mean?" So I think it's probably the people who are hustling for it, probably that's average. The people who are, you know, on a park bench not asking for anything and just really down on their luck and sleeping or whatever, yeah, they're probably not doing that. But they're also not asking for the money and they might have other issues. Yeah. But, but I think we don't I don't think we put enough enough focus on what leads to that. No one goes, When I grow up I'm gonna be homeless, right? Right. No, no one's doing that. Uh, we have and I don't wanna get too whatever, but you know, we have a system where, for example, if you locked up for anything felony-wise, you can't get a job, you can't vote. You, it's just, it's a legal form of discrimination. Right. If you, you, you become everything we used you're to You're isolated. Be, you're isolated. Right. So that person ends up homeless. Well, nobody's hiring him. Right. <laughs> so 
it, it, whose fault it, is right. it the system's fault is it his fault i think there's so you can't get a job if you're a felon it's harder well it's, it's very hard well it's harder who's but hiring I think felons besides waffle house uh, maybe not even saying. waffle house but that's what i'm saying there is somebody who will hire but there's but so many waffle houses exactly. that's see that's the thing it's not it's a very small pool of jobs right yeah. so, so what what do you do when there's no more, more waffle houses you build <laughs> I want to vote for Sam. Yes. <laughs> That's the answer. Build, that was the wow. simple thing. We need to build more Waffle House. Duh, That's the best whole problem. And the wall. So, but um, so, but overall, you enjoyed the experience. Was that your first Super Bowl that you ever? First Super Bowl, but I didn't go to the game. No, I know, up... but your first time going to a city where it was. Yes. And then I ended up watching with the Roaring Riot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're the biggest Panther fan group. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, so this guy had started this group, like, uh, I think a couple years back. And so now if you go to any road game, you could go to the Panthers tailgate because he set it up in the away game area. And then in, um, in different away games, they'll have, you know, 90 seats that are together that are Panthers fans. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to go to that than, you know, go to a hostile environment where you're sitting beside the opposing team like, Go Panther. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I watched with them, and there was one guy at the party. He's cheering for somebody running running the ball back who's a Bronco. And the guy next to him, because I look back at him, and I give him a glare. I know I do. That's fantasy. why I don't watch with people. What? And he's a fantasy player that he, no. he had money on something? No. So the guy next to me goes, are you a Broncos fan? He goes, no, 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 I'm a Cowboys fan, but, I, but I'm rooting for the Broncos in this game. And I look at him, I go, then why are you here? Ooh. Because it was a Panthers watch party. It blatantly says we're in right. It's all black and blue. We've got the the DJ at our thing. And uh, he goes, because I'm a local. And the guy <laughs> then tag teams and goes, wait, so you were a local to San Francisco, but you like the Cowboys, but in this game you're pulling for the Broncos? And he goes, yeah. He goes, okay, I just want to make sure. And I go, I'm glad you recanted because that was really confusing for me. to. That follow. dude was a bandwagoner yeah, five different ways. Oh, my God. I was like, get out of here, kid. Yeah, see, I can't get with somebody to just I and and maybe this is the sports fan in me, but where you're from or where you live, that's your team. Right. right. I don't believe in being born in Charlotte and being like, oh, I'm a Texans. But why? Right. You got a team. Why? Oh, I like the color scheme. Shit, get out of yeah. here. Cool. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Or when they go, their two favorite teams are opposed. So it's like. I'm a Panthers fan and a Buccaneers fan. See, I, I, I like the Saints because my brothers live there, uh-huh. but there's no way in hell I'm going to root for the Saints <laughs> against my Panthers. Right. So if the Saints have a terrible year, I'm like, oh, sorry, Tommy and Joe, which are my brothers. Yeah. But that's not for the Panthers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, uh, the, the, so the game, you know, game ended, came back home. Uh, what, what's the mood you've seen with folks around here with the team? Just um, proud of the effort or disappointed? I think there's a lot of uh, still some pride of the season, and that was my thing. You know, they yeah. had a great season. It's tough to get to that game in general. Yeah. So you did it. It ended not the way you wanted, but, but you did it. great season. Eagles fans weren't like that when we lost. Right. I was in Philly. That well, was not like that. You guys have like a jail that. cell in it your was, stadium, yeah, so we, that explains we, we, we were pissed off. We McNabb <laughs> threw up. Uh, they, they didn't do what they – we just – we had still had Wait, to let it go. Bill Belichick cheated. We still say that. No, they didn't riot. See, but the Denver fans, you saw them pushing a car yeah. over after oh, they, they won. I was like, this isn't how it works. Like, what? why are you destroying your own city? You when just you win. That's, that's what college kids do. When they win a college championship, but they that's start stupid. tearing their 
I would not have my car anywhere around there. <laughs> Any no, college town. Or my couch. I mean, or your yeah. couch. Yeah, they do like to burn the couches. Oh, they burn, yeah. They, they go buck wild o- over winning. I don't know what I would be doing, but See, I don't those think Those are nice I'd schools where their parents are paying for their couches. Thank you. Because if I pay for my couch, I'm not setting that thing on fire. Right. And I will hit you if you try to set my couch on fire. <laughs> so, th- so did the Panthers have like a you guys did a great job thing? Or I guess yeah, I they heard had a couple people back. mimbled. Uh, a couple hundred people met him. Yeah. At the There's about, yeah, what, five, six, seven hundred people, something like that, at the stadium when the team got back uh, late Monday. Yeah. Uh, but there was no like parade or anything like that. You generally don't throw a parade for the. Losing game. The, the second, second place team. team. Yeah. Right. Not e- well, yeah, yeah. But the, the welcome back was important because they yeah. got back. It was cold. It's at night. And they arrived to just mass amounts of fans screaming. And that's great. I've heard players talk about that on TV about what right. that means to them. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. More than, yeah. you know, the fans when they win. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, they, they, those are true fans. You know, they, 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 they embraced us even though we lost. Right. You know, that's pretty time. cool. I, I can respect, respect that. I, we're, I'm not like that, but I respect <laughs> it. <laughs> I, no, I do. I can respect things and it not be me. I had to stay off social yeah. media because people are just idiots on social Well, in general, they're idiots on social media. Oh, yeah. But then furthermore, to hear, I, I posted, I was like, I'm staying off the social media until I get back to the Queen City and hoping the stupidity dies down by then. Mm. Because I can't. It's a good strategy. Did it die down by the time you got back? No, people are still idiots. So that's what <laughs> <I meant. laughs> well, uh, that, that was that was a fun little first segment. I, we, number one, we're glad Sammy got back safe. Oh, that's the biggest you. thing. She is, you know, super huge to what we do. And even if she wasn't, we're happy that she got back safe. Uh, so anyway, we got a big interview coming up. Mr. Carlos Mencia yes. is going to be on the show. Uh, so get ready. We'll be back. Hey guys, all kinds of uh, cool shows coming up at the Comedy Zone over the next few weeks. Carlos Mencia, uh, Friday, February 12th, Saturday, February 13th, a special Sunday show, uh, February 14th, Saturday night. Uh, shows are sold out. Sold out. If you want to get your tickets, get your tickets early for the February uh, 12th or 14th show with uh, Carlos Mencia here at the uh, the Comedy Zone. All kinds of uh, other cool shows coming up. Arsenio Hall. Uh, special ooh, show ooh, with ooh, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> with uh, with Craig Shoemaker. Uh, Kevin Smith is coming up. Uh, Brian Posehn uh, is uh, coming up. You'll see up. me with Craig. That'll be fun. Me and Craig. Yeah. I'll be here with Besties. Um, which we, yeah. Th- th- you're going to like Craig. If you've never seen Craig, the love master is coming yeah. to town. You're going to want to see Craig uh, Shoemaker. Uh, for a list of all the shows, the calendar, um, other cool stuff coming up, uh, Funny on the Fly, coming back on February 28th. That's a Sunday night. Um, you're going to want to uh, check out <laughs> the uh, Comedy Zone's website at cltcomedyzone.com. That was me cheering on the fly. Was that not <laughs> Cheering on the fly? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, uh, cltcomedyzone.com, the website, and uh, check the Comedy Zone out on social media as well. Comedy Zone CLT on the Twitter and the Instagram. And uh, the check Twitter. out Comedy Zone Charlotte on Facebook. How do we do? Great. I think we covered everything. All right. I'm satisfied. Let's get to Carlos Mencia. Welcome to the Comedy Zone podcast. Welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast. I'm always bad at that. It's early. Yeah, you are. It's early. <laughs> you right. forgot? Right. I, I, I feel you. I, but I'm, I'm sitting here uh, with... Uh, one of the more fascinating people I've, I've oh, had thank you, man. to interview. I appreciate Absolutely, that. Man. I, this podcast for me was an opportunity. I, I said when I took the job that I got the chance to have thoughtful conversation with fascinating people. 
Right. And you're certainly one of the more fascinating people that we've had here wow. for a number of reasons. Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia, everybody. TV. Yeah. Uh, stage. Yeah. What else? What am I missing? TV, stage. Uh, whatever. Film, Movies. Film, yeah. Man, and by the way, thank you for being African-American and not saying Mencina. I don't, I don't oh, know why, by the way. You've had people say Mencina? No, no, no. That's a, that's a very, very African-American really? thing. Yeah. Really? We were just at a bunch of radio stations where all the black people said Mencina. Let me ask Did the you expert. You got an African American no. with you this morning. Whoa, whoa, what's your take? What do you mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you mean? Whoa, whoa! I want you to know, like it's insulting. I want you to know. I just found out I was black. I wasn't. <laughs> I, I never. I never thought I was African American until. African uh, American. Uh, yeah, I can't even say Did it. Did you right? say African American or like African American? It doesn't come out properly. Right. Is I'm black. I just found out two weeks ago. You just found out. Like two weeks ago. So are you still saying Mencina? No, I never called him Mencina, though, because I was Latino. Because he's Latino, yeah. so he so it always so he's comes Dominican, out Mencia. So he says yeah. Mencia properly. Yeah. Right, so he's he's not African American. Let's get that. He's no, he's Dominican black. American. He's not African American. Right, super black. Well, don't say he's just black. Like right. being black is nothing. <laughs> like, no, no. Oh no, he's just black. He doesn't have that other extra cool stuff. He's Dominican <laughs> and he's amazingly black. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I always thought I always thought I was Latino with black traits. Right. That's how I always thought. Like I always. You know, like With I black had, traits. Yeah, like I had the big like thing like going on. <laughs> you know, so when like you apply stupid. for things, is there a checkbox for I that? I just put other. Oh. Yes, wow. I put other. If, now, if there was one that said Hispanic and one that said black, you would put Hispanic. I, I still put other. Because I, I, I always thought that was a, like a stupid box to check. <laughs> like, why, why do you want to know what I am like in my job application? I always thought that was stupid. Okay. So I just put other. Now, now, what? Give uh, you, you everybody your names because I don't want to, you know, have this whole conversation. People don't know who y'all yeah. were. The yeah. black guy is Francisco Duran. <laughs> well, he introduces you in the show, so why not let him keep going now? He's used to that. <laughs> yeah, he's used to it, bro. <laughs> no, I just didn't. I don't want to throw off voices. Uh, I'm Kevin Dombrowski. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, now I, I have nothing to say now. <laughs> <laughs> That's Francisco wow. Duran. Wow. So wow. Francis and Kevin. It's hostile over here. Good deal. So, Carlos, uh, yeah. to, to, to get started, from East L.A. Grew right? up in East from L.A. From East L.A. Uh, made it out of there. Yeah. You, you've kind of talked about it that way. Um, right. If you could, just for a second. Sure. Just, just, just growing up. Yeah. What, what was that environment like and everything else? And how does that affect your approach to comedy? Is that part of that in you? Uh, yeah, it is. And it, but it's in me because, you know, uh, f f I mean, you don't realize it at the time because it's part of who you are. It's part of growing up. It doesn't feel foreign. But, you know, I remember we'd get up in the morning and we'd all look at each other and go, OK, how are we going to walk to school today? And then he's like, well, what happened last night? Well, Garrity did a drive by on White Fence. So they're fighting right now. So, OK, so uh, we got to go around this corner. And then, like, you know, that was just us. Grow we knew. I mean, they're going to. They're going to be beefing. That's what they're doing. So we can't brock, walk through those blocks. So Arizona, that gang is cool. So we got to walk through Arizona and then come around. And that's how we can get to school. Then, you know, the next day or the next week, it was something else. Um, th this was just growing up. You know what I mean? What it, what it did for me was it helped me very much. And it hurt me at the same time. Mm. Growing up as a comedian, it, it hurt and helped. It, it helped because it gave me that attitude of I don't care. But it hurt because... That attitude of I don't care kind of polarized me with other comics. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I'm going on stage and, and I got a 15-minute spot and I got to do 25 to mm -hmm. blow it up because that's what it's going to take for me to pay for the house that's going to get my mom and dad out of the projects, right. I'm bumping you. I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. I don't care. 
It doesn't mean shit to me. Your little fucking bullshit problems mean nothing to me. I'm real. This is life. That's how I thought at the time. So it helped me with my attitude. It hurt because it alienated a lot of those comics and that attitude that I had of, of having to be successful, um, you know, was, was a turnoff. And, and I get it now. I'm mature now. But I, I didn't have the wherewithal at that time to be a different person. So what I did to become the man that I became, I don't regret any of it. I just understand now that I have the ability to not be that person. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to anymore. And so I'm not. So it's but like a skill you can use whenever necessary. Now it's it not is. not who you are. Not anymore, but it was. It, it's the, what, you know what? That's a, good, that's a good way to put it. You have tools in your arsenal. Mm -hmm. And now I have a much, much bigger tool set than I did back then. Right. Back then, you know, I didn't know how to, how to do this in, in, in the many different ways that I can now. Right. So I deal with it differently. Now, now what role would you say your father played because you talked about him Huge. before and how he you know sort of your tell it like it is he's always been that way he's, he's got that from just him. That who he is yeah he's he's me in real life which is scary as shit because he'll tell fat people that they're fat like i would never like be like that i mean he would just he'd literally be like oh you're having more that's why you're fat i'm like dude are you serious bro <laughs> like i'm laughing but it's not cool like he was just that guy he, yeah he's and and now he's he's older, so he's toned down. He's got all that stuff out of him. But mm -hmm. I I'll never ever see him as anything different than that. Wow. But it's it's hard for me because I'm hard on these guys. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I'm hard on them. I want them to write. I I, I don't. I'm I'm. It's not that I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. I just think okay, you wasted a set. Like last yesterday, we were talking to him. He <laughs> has this really funny joke. It's about masturbating. And I go, why <laughs> are you good. why are you wasting <laughs> why are you wasting time? Are you going to do that on a special? No. Well, then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. If you're not going to put it on a special, then then why are you doing this? And he's like, but it's funny. Yeah, but you don't have an hour. I, I have an hour on stage. I can do stupid shit that's not going to be. You have 15, 20 minutes. You need to take advantage of that time. You need to write stuff that is going to be on your next special. And if it's not, get rid of it and put something in there that is. Mm -hmm. Because what if I was that guy that went, wow, you're funny. I'm from Comedy Central. Uh, I want you to do a half an hour, and we're slated to do them in a month. You don't have that because you're fucking around doing jerk-off jokes that you can't do on TV. Right. You know, and then I hear myself, and I'm like, God, you're such a dick. <laughs> These guys <laughs> tell jokes, for Christ's <laughs> sake. But, you know, it, it's, it's like you said, it, it's a part of who I am of trying to be the best that you can be because that's what life is all about. At every corner, every turn of your life, it's all about who are you going to be. Mm -hmm. How do you define yourself right. within the structures of life, whether it's it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. And for me, I try to I try to impart that onto these guys. But sometimes I, I would imagine that that if I were to die, their conversations about me would be really, really <laughs> awesome. And then after all that. They would get some <laughs> shit talking. <laughs> Why are you shaking right your head? No, because you, I don't know, nothing. No, to say it. No, nothing. No, say I, it. I disagree, but it's fine. You, d you disagree about what? No, I, yeah. I want to know. Nice. No, well, because I grew up, I grew up different than a lot of people. Like, it's just, I was that type where you don't talk shit about other people. And if you have anything to say, you keep it to yourself. If you can't talk to that person about it, then don't ever fucking say well, it. Well, you can't talk to him if he's dead. So. Well, yeah, but I, I talk to shit. I talk to shit. I, I can't even talk right now. Well, okay. <laughs> I talk shit to him in his face, so it's fine. It's different. But if he dies, it's, uh, he was a great guy. 
<laughs> that's weird. That, that, that's always been weird to me. Why do we do that? Like, if you if you're gonna like not talk shit to me, don't do it when I'm alive. Talk all you want when I'm dead. I won't be there. You know what I mean? Like, why right. do we? It's the opposite. It's the opposite. As soon like, as somebody I dies, I want y'all to hold off while I'm living. Right. Yeah. And wait till I'm dead. Yeah. If you don't mind. If if Hitler <laughs> if Hitler was alive right now and then he would have died, people would have been like, well, I mean, on the positive side, <laughs> he <laughs> was a very it. inspirational. <laughs> right. Like, really, dude? Like, I think really. I think what it's gonna be is he's gonna say this, and I think he really means that. But I think once. G- you know, God forbid, if that day were to come, he's going to see how it feels, and then he's going to go to the graveyard and be like, at your tombstone, be like, you <laughs> motherfuckers! <laughs> us, us. Us. That <laughs> masturbation <laughs> joke was funny! Was Fuck you! Got you. Got he died in a applause break! break. <laughs> 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 it gets an applause break now, guys. Let's be real. But I would never put it on a special. Right, so what he's saying is true. Now, now we... You know, like like y'all y'all talked about the things that people say when you're alive and when you've dead. Yeah. Uh, when you're dead, you've been, you know, dead <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, in terms yeah. of of what you've been through and your reputation in the comedy community, because right. the you know the stuff about the joke stealing and right. whether or not and and this and that, um, I'm not that interested in relitigating that stuff. Sure. But my interest is in the human element to it all sure. because there's. There's human sides to all that stuff. Right. And I'm wondering for you, how did those experiences change you as a person and a comic, or did they? I don't know. I mean, of course they did. The thing was is that what people don't understand is that with me, it was never about the joke. The joke stealing is what actually, that accusation is the one that inevitably stuck. But with me, it was always, he's not Mexican. His name isn't Carlos. He's German. Um, and it went all back to what I was saying earlier. I was the guy that was easy to hate because I was very selfish, self-centered, and I focused on me. And uh, I think that pretty much every comic that I know of who grew up around me, I pretty much bumped them at one point in time. And, you know, they had a 10 o'clock spot and ended up going on at midnight because I went on for an hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I, I, I get that where all that came from. I think the frustration was me telling people or trying to communicate to people, dude, this isn't about joke stealing. This is about personality thing. Trust me. And people didn't get it until right now. They mm. thought it was right. a scapegoat? No, I think that they just didn't know all the other stuff around it. What changed was what happened with Amy. And because when all of the people who were vehemently, we hate joke thieves we hate and all of a sudden they started saying well no we believe her we believe that she's doing it then a lot of people started going whoa 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 wait wait wait. let's see here dane cook gets accused kind of gets a pass she gets accused kind of gets a pass all these white comics get accused kind of get a pass why does carlos not get a pass Right. What is what is it about Carlos? Because you're accusing all of these people of the same thing. There's no evidence that is more on him than anybody else. So why is Carlos the fucking guy? You think there's a racial aspect to some of this? I didn't bring this up. People on the internet brought well, this up. But what do you think? Um, no, I think it had to do with me being a dick of a comic when I was younger. And when you were coming I back? accept that. Mm-hmm. And you know, but the problem was is that we took a family fight to the internet. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. So when you took beefs that occurred in comedy clubs into the internet, 
mm. people that don't know about what we do for real mm. started having an opinion about mm. stand-up that they didn't know. So that's that's what changed everything. When and did it made you, it different. When did you realize this thing had taken kind of a life of its own? Was it after the Rogan thing or was it years later? No, it was it had to be after because had I not I I probably wouldn't have gone on stage had I known that it was that big of a deal. But I also it was at the comedy store, so it was still supposed to be between us. It wasn't supposed to get out there. Mm. Um you know, but but then when you talk about Joe, here's a guy who accused me of stealing, but never accused me of stealing his stuff. Mm -hmm. So he became popular, or at least gained a, sh a shitload of notoriety by basically saying, that guy steals jokes. Not from me, but from somebody else. And it's mm -hmm. all like, well then, why the fuck are you the guy talking about it, basically? Mm -hmm. But that's how I felt back then. Now, I, I what I wanted to do is to take that opportunity to grow and to evolve as a human being. And what I said to myself was, you know what? You take these feelings of suicide and homicide, because there were days, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's some dark stuff. Wanted to get a gun and go to the comedy store and shoot a bunch of people. No no fans, of course, but comics, sure. Um, I mean, it. listen. And sometimes yourself. You said suicide and sure, homicide. Sure, man. But I mean, listen, when, when you hear stuff like, when, you, when I hear a story like, yeah, Bill Burr said that if you were on stage, he wouldn't go on because blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, I, so here's a guy that's not accusing me of stealing that's saying that like what the fuck is all this stuff it in your head it becomes darker and darker and it gets to a point where the only light you see is a tiny pinhole and going through that light sometimes it is just a seemingly unsurmountable task and yet what i wanted to pride myself on was you know what i don't want to become them mm -hmm. i i I don't want to be the guy that crosses the border because he showed Border Patrol that there's more people to catch on the other side. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be successful based on me. And so what I said to myself a long time ago was, uh, I need to start do doing therapy. and I need help with this. And the first thing my therapist said was, I know your situation. I know who you are. And most people in your situation, what they do is they take an atomic bomb and they blow up their life completely. They ruin it in every way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And once you hit that rock bottom, everybody feels sorry for you, and you can rebuild again. He said, how about we just make sure you don't blow up your b world? Mm. And and I said, that's that's great. Um, so I, uh, well, you seem I just focused on being positive and being kind. And the one thing that I pride myself on is you can go on the Internet and you can hear a lot of things or read a lot of things said about me. Uh I still to date have yet to talk negatively about other comics and that I, I pride myself on. Have you have you have you been able to have a conversation with Joe uh, Rogan mm -hmm. or just no none of those talking since none Does of that stuff? Does it even matter to you at this point? Are no. you so far past it? So far past it. It's not a part of my being anymore. And you seem to evolve because I remember the special I Am comic where you were just like, oh, I did, you know, whatever, whatever. And that reminded me. Well, no, here's the thing about that. Like, yeah. see. Like, if you really want to go through it, there's all these layers of stuff. I got a phone call from the people that were producing I Am Comic, and they said, listen, why don't we just make fun of it? Why don't you just say something so crazy and outrageous that people will know that you're just laughing at it? So what I basically said was, I steal jokes. That's right. I take your funny jokes. I just put the word Mexican in it and make it mine. <laughs> right. And to me, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. Right. That is so 
fucking ridiculous that I thought there's no way that uh, anybody can hear that. And yet today people go like, that you admitted it. Are you fucking kidding me? Do you really <laughs> think that I could take any joke and add the word Mexican in it? First of all, I'm not Mexican. The whole point I said Mexican was to make fun of the Mexican shit in the first place. And so what I realized was even then, like, you know what? People just want to. Well, it's not even that. L look, I'll tell you what, like a story. All right. So there's a guy named uh, Juan Villarreal. He's a really, really good buddy of mine. Uh, to make a long story short, I, I saw him. I was doing a show on uh, HBO called uh, Local Slam. And I said, I want this guy on the show. So he comes on the show. He does the show. The show airs. Three months later, he calls me up. He's like, hey, Carlos, uh, are you going to be in Corpus Christi soon? I said, I don't know why. What's up? Uh, they gave me 2,500 bucks a headline. I don't, I don't have that kind of material. I go, I know. So I did your act. So if you come, do something else. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I go, well, you know what? That's th all that stuff I did on HBO. I'm not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I did it. It's burnt. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, keep it. I don't That's care. So, funny. so he started doing this tour, and he started getting good at telling my old jokes. Well, I got to a point where people started going, hey, man, you know this guy named Carlos Macias doing your act? And he was young, so he didn't know how to say, no, 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 no. He gave me his jokes. So he was like, oh, that motherfucker took my shit. So anyway, years later, like years later, I'm coming around the corner. Well, there's nowhere here like that, but there's, so there's a, a dividing wall between the bathroom and the showroom. So I'm coming out of the bathroom, and in the showroom on the other side of the wall is a guy talking to Juan. Mm -hmm. So the guy says to Juan, who's opening for me, uh, I can't believe that you worked with this guy. You know, he did your stuff. He goes, listen, just so you understand, that dude's my mentor. That dude is who I molded my comedy off of. I want to be him. And if you see anything in me that looks like him, it's because I took it from him, not because he took it from me. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that steals from him. And the guy goes, wow, well, fuck him. I don't like him anyway. And I turned around. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. And those moments made me realize, like, dude, this has nothing to do with me. This has to do with somebody else, with their feelings, their emotions, and what they think and what they feel and what they want to see. And so I am not going to be drawn into that world. I'm not going to freak in that world. I'm not going to go into that world. Um, but surely you understand the other side of it, right? Uh, you understand how they feel. No. Also, you to this day you don't understand how an Ari feels or, or no. how like where that's coming from. Oh, Ari? Yeah. Ari. Yeah. Here's what happened with Ari. Uh, I had a, I had a sketch that I was gonna do on Comedy Central, and Ari was slated to play Jesus in the sketch. About. Uh, I can see a that. day later, <laughs> Bobby Lee called me up and he said, hey, Ari beat the shit out of me. D don't fucking help him in any way. Now, Bobby Lee is a really good friend of mine. Ari is six foot four. Bobby is five foot three. Yeah, we've had him on. So I went to uh, I, I went to uh, the uh, comedy store and I said, hey, Ari, what are you doing hitting Bobby, man? And he goes, fuck him. If I see him again, I'll beat the shit out of him. And that just rubbed me the wrong way. So I called my guys at 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 uh, Miami MC and I said, "By the way, book somebody else. I don't want that guy on my show." And uh, good for you. Then. That that is where all that came from. Because listen, the joke about the fence. Mm -hmm. Literally, ten comedians did it on television. All right, I did it. Paul Rodriguez did it. 
George Lopez did it. Theo Hughley did it. Uh, Dennis Miller did it. So we're talking about a verified quantity of people that did the same joke and the same punchline, which was, we're going to build a fence. Uh, we're going to kick the Mexicans out, and then we're going to build a fence. Who's going to build the fence? Right. All right, that was the joke, and everybody did the same joke. Ironically, of the 10 comedians that told the joke, one of them stole it. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. Now, here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. It seems like in the comedy community, and I know yeah. your, your feature and opener sure. can attest to this, too. I, I always say that joke stealing is like the child molestation of comedy. Sure. All you got to do is be accused. Right. Doesn't so so you know in, in terms of and I'm not saying you know anything about your situation specifically. I get it. But I'm just I'm I'm interested in how you deal with that brand because your fans love you. That's one right. thing I've noted, and I've even heard some of your fans be like, "Well, I don't care. He did it. He did it better." <laughs> like right. They, yeah. Which know, pisses me which off. You don't by like the way, comic, I you don't hate like that. that shit. Right. You don't like because I want to choke him and go, "No, dude, that's not right. how to defend me." But here's here's my <laughs> question. Here's my question though. You have a comic like yourself where your fans adore you, right? right? Selling out sure. shows, all this stuff, right? right? But the reputation is what it is among some comics, right? Right. Flip side of it, you got guys, whether it's local here or across the country, where the comics in the back love them, right. but the audience is like, next. Right. Yeah. Who would you rather be? I mean, look, at the end of the day, you, that's not a choice that you get to make. That's I'm a choice these, that the I'll, audience I'm makes. asking you and, and them. Maybe they... Right. We I, don't get to make that choice. I honestly... Yeah. Right. It's that's true. For we, don't, we don't get to make that choice. Uh, you are in control of what you want the audience to perceive, uh, and you hope that your message comes across or your image comes across how you want it to, but that's all in development. When you say those things, to me, it's the perfect middle. That's what I aim for, is to be loved in the back and to be loved in the front. And it's... That <laughs> I know. I, okay. I don't get. I don't give. I, I, I don't give a shit about the back <laughs> of the room. I, I love but you did, it, did that change, or you've always been like? Never that? cared. I mean, the respect amongst your peers has to. Never cared. I I hate the disrespect, but I don't need respect. But I think that comes from your upbringing because you never cared about what these people <laughs> thought about because your goal was to make these people laugh. Right. So who cares about what the people? I I never cared. I still don't care. It doesn't. I don't need the respect of my peers. Do you think uh, that's easier to? That's I never why needed it. Easier it. for you to. Come I just back. didn't want the disdain. I just didn't want the disrespect. But you know, I mean, it is what it is. So right. I, I feel the same way. I don't really care about the comics. I'm more interested in the audience than anybody else. So I mean, I would li like I would hate going to open mics and it's like 20 comics in the audience and maybe one person. <laughs> I'm like, I I, I can't <laughs> do this. I can't. Right. Like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I, I'm performing for comics at this point. So, like, even auditions, like, there'll be, like, the South Beach Comedy Festival. It's just comics in the audience. So you're performing mm -hmm. for comics. And if they don't like you, they're going to sit there and even as funny as your joke could be, they'll sit there and be like, well, whatever. You know, and it's just, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. So I'm more interested in the audience than anything else. Mm. Now, what, what I was saying before about uh, the perfect blend, I, I do believe that, and I, I it, it also goes according to there's city comic and there's road comic, and I think there's a perfect blend of that. These are all where I put my goals forward. Now, that being said, I don't play to the back room. I play to the audience. But with my goal of being making that audience laugh, you'll get the comics respect, too. I just think a perfect blend of that middle is where I aim for, uh, and that's so that, uh, I don't know, I hope that my, um, I hope that a wider 
variety of people will like me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't want to be a very niche comic. Mm-hmm. I want to be a comic that everyone can relate to. Carlos is someone where you come to those shows. A lot of people, I'm from New York, and a lot of people are like, oh, what's it like to open for him? Is it like a lot of Latinos? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, honestly, it's a complete fucking mix. Like, it is such a complete mix of people. Uh, you have Latinos, you have black, you have white, you have Asian, you have young, you have old. And it's like, and, and he said this the other day, and, and this is true. There's people, my brother and I watched Mind of Mencia growing right. up, and we were young. You know what I mean? So, like, when I started working with him, I was like, this is fucking cool. Uh, but then there's older people who have been following him ever since. So you have a father and a son who both have a love for him coming to see him. So you get such a wide demographic. And for me, at least, for my job, it's such a cool environment for comedy because people come ready to laugh. Mm -hmm. And I come from uh, a hard upbringing in New York where it's like, okay, make me fucking laugh. Fold (laughs) my arms and make me entertain me. And it's like, right, exactly. So some like when I started coming out on the road, I was abrasive. Like, you know what I mean? Like I would fight with them or – yeah. You, you know what I mean? I was very New York and very, like, sharp. And, and it's see, like that, see, that's what comics – you, you want me to tell you what I would do? And this, this is why comics don't like me, and, or at least at the back in the day. Mm-hmm. What I would do is I would go to the comedy store, and I would watch, like, five, <coughs> six, seven comedians bomb or at least not do well or definitely not get the audience, however big or small the audience was. Mm-hmm. And then I'd look at my brother, Albert, and I'd be like, all right, bro, how much time do you think? He'd be like, four minutes. I'm like, okay. So I would go on stage, and I would just fucking come out on fire until I got an applause break, which nobody else got any applause breaks. And when they got an applause break, I would tell two more jokes, get another applause break, and then I'd stop, and i go, how much time? And my brother would be like, four minutes. And I'm like, that's how you do it. Who's next? And the comics <laughs> were like, oh, you're a dick. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome, though. <laughs> but, but that's you know, awesome. that's that's – I grew up like that, and you know what I say to people is that attitude helped me deal with all the stuff. You know, it hurt me in 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 a different way, but it helped me because it helped me become the guy. Like I I have, and these guys will tell you, there's if you hang out with me, something amazing will happen one day. You and I will be watching something or listening to the movie or hearing talk radio, and something very serious will come out, and I'll say to you oh, shit, that's funny. And you'll look at me and go, what do you mean that's funny? I'm like, what they just said on the radio, that's funny. That's not even funny. They're talking about people dying in Africa. It's going to be hysterical tonight, watch. And you'll be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? (laughs) And I'll go on stage and literally do 10 minutes of hysterical stuff on that tragedy that just occurred. And you'll sit there like everybody else. And this is where where I realize you're just going to fall on one camp or the other. You're going to sit there and go, this guy's a genius. How did he do that? Or you're going to say, there's no fucking way that a human being can do that. There's got to be, this is bullshit. There's got to be, no. What is he doing? Steroids? What is he (laughs) doing (laughs) to make that happen? I've seen it it happen, actually. We were actually driving from Encino, his house, to Ontario. It's about like an hour drive with traffic. is like two. Mm-hmm. So we were stuck in traffic, and they were talking about Justin Bieber. And, you know, like the whole driving and egging the house or, you know, throwing toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And he and we were just listening to it, and he goes, he goes, hey, this is going to be funny tonight. And, and I go, what? Like, this is, he's a stupid kid. Like, no, 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 trust me, watch. He did 45 minutes of just Justin Bieber. 
Now you th- now so because we gotta we gotta wrap up. We're getting the signal to get out of here. Um, but one you can talk as long as you want, bro. You got me here. So. Well, that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's up to you. Oh, so you okay? So you you want to talk? You're fine. <laughs> okay, cool. No, so so where you know because you talked about you know some of the the depression and, and the therapy and the, mm-hmm. and the thoughts that you had. Mm-hmm. Where are you now? Oh, I'm fine, man. I'm. I have the opportunity to. Uh, right now, and these guys will tell you, I'm like getting so much love from Hollywood. They want me to do stuff. I'm getting all these auditions. I'm getting all these offers, and so it's it's come around to the other side, and it's what my goal was from the first place. I always ask myself, what is the opportunity in this in this situation? Why is this happening for me? And when all that stuff went down, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm the first comedian alive that has the ability to go from being thought of as that to being respected in a completely different way. So I'm going to work on making that happen. I'm going to work on on becoming something completely different so that by the time I'm done in comedy, my story will be, dude, the shit that that guy had to overcome to become this is astounding. And so that's where I live. Do you do you watch basketball? Do y'all keep up with yeah. basketball? Mm-hmm. Remember when LeBron went to Miami? Oh, let me give it to this guy. Because he's a huge LeBron <laughs> guy, and he's a Miami guy. So he's a little butthurt that he's not there anymore. Because <laughs> I, I want to analogize it a little bit to this situation. Because I remember when LeBron went to Miami, in America just they hated him, right? Correct. And then he shot that Nike commercial. Where he was like, he just played this dark figure and he made fun of Charles Barkley. And it's almost like, well, you know what? If you think I'm the bad guy, I'm the bad guy. Do I have to remind you I have a history of doing this? Right. But but that, that commercial was just, you know what? If I'm Darth Vader, here it is. Totally. The the thing you did on the I Am comic was right. like that. Where it's like, you know what? You owned it. I, they, okay, fine. I'll be, I'll play the, you know, I'll have fun with it. Right. But I got the sense when I saw that, that that's not like who LeBron was. And I get the sense that that wasn't necessarily who no. you are. You got feelings like you're a person. Sure. And there's no way that that kind of stuff, you know, could come at you, whatever the accusation is, and it not, you know. That's I, not, it, that, that's not it what It looked like you were having me. fun with it, but it didn't yeah. seem fun. I, I, there's no way. But that's not what bothered me. Okay, here's what bothered me about it, so you get it. Yeah. We were in Greenville on Monday. Yeah. All right. And so we're on a radio show. I get there, and the guy apologizes to me. He says, listen, I'm really sorry, man, but back in the day when those things came out, I kind of was a shock jock, and I kind of, you know, I kind of I kind of was a dick to you. And he's like, and and I set you up because I had a guy on, on the air that accused you of stealing shit, and I had him on, and you didn't even know, and I ambushed you. And I, I was like, dude, it's fine. You were doing what you thought you had to do to get good ratings. I don't care. But – do you still know that guy? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, can we get him on the phone? I would love to talk to this guy. I'm not angry. I really want to know <laughs> who the fuck is this guy and how did I see you? Or you tell me, like, from an intelligence standpoint, how I would access your comedy to take something from you. So I want to know. I want to hear this from this guy. And he was fucking pissed. Cisco was. Because the guy calls in and I go, so, hey, man, I'm not mad. I'm cool. I just want to know, what jokes did I steal from you? And what did he say? It was like, no, no, it's not that you stole it. You didn't steal any jokes from me. It's just you, the way you asked the crowd for a standing ovation. I was like, that yeah. makes 
no sense whatsoever. Like so, so years later, all of a sudden, the dude who supposedly he's like, I, I never said you took a joke from me. I just one time saw you perform and and you asked for a standing ovation, and then the audience yeah, gave it to you. And I was like, Are you? and then I looked at the guys like that. That that is yeah. what was hurtful. That back in those days, it was actually cool to say negative shit about me. And it was it was it was it was like if you didn't like me, you were a good comic. Mm. If you thought I was a piece of shit, you were a good comic. That was the hurtful part. And you've been at it since what, eighty eight? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that time. that's the that's the that's the part that I was like, really? I mean That's the new thing. I to I wrote an album. Mm-hmm. All right. It's called uh America Rules. Mm-hmm. September eleventh, two thousand and one. Uh, was on a Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Friday night, I went to the Laugh Factory. Mm-hmm. And every time a comedian would even mention the buildings, you could just feel the crowd go, <gasps> like, yes, say something. That's why we're here. Make a joke. Do something. That's fucked up. Like, please. But nobody did. And I remember at that moment feeling this sense of, purpose this sense of okay this is not arrogance but of all the comics in the world you're the one that can do this shit and so on the 19th of september i recorded this album and it was all written after september 11th and so if you listen to that album it's all about terrorism and all of it was done after September 11th. And so that's that's the kind of performer I am. That's the kind of writer I am. That's the that's the true epitome of me, of all the work I've ever done. That's the one I'm proudest of. That's the one I can say to everybody, if you want to know who I am, that's it. That's who I am. And and remember, it was written a week literally before I actually performed it. You, you and that's because it, we have some comics on and they talk about cuz I, I like to ask comics about what they think their role is. Right. And, you know, like what is your role just to make people laugh or or is it something else and for you it seems like not necessarily that you want to change the world. I think I've heard you say that before. Of course I do. Through through comedy. Of course. Right. You so you feel like do you feel that that's something you personally have or you feel that that should be any comics and or artists No, 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 that's just me. But but okay, here's here's my role. Yeah. Last night I was up on the stage and I was talking about uh how we are raising a society of kids who shoot up schools because they don't know how to act when they don't get what they want because they don't know how to lose. Mm. Because we don't allow them to lose enough. We don't let them fail in life. And Participation I, trophies and stuff like whatever that. Whatever right? it is. Yeah. And, you know, learning how to fail in life it is what makes you a great person. Success is easy to deal with, bro. It's easy to fucking behave when you're kicking ass in life. It's how you behave when you're not. Yeah. That's the true sign of who you are. It's, it's easy to, when, when you're in love and everything's beautiful, it's easy to have a companion. It's hard to have a companion when you fucking hate that person. Man, you listen. love them, <laughs> but god damn, I want to punch you in a fucking face right now. I wish I was gay so I could punch you. Do you see <laughs> what I'm saying? I wish like you that. were another man. Like, just really. so I could slap you. <laughs> right. Just so I could slap you in the face for a second. And so and so I brought up, uh, I, I, and I said, you guys know, mm-hmm. 
and the audience was like, oh, and I'm like, come on, you're not understanding what I'm saying. Uh, like, you guys right now just dealt with a difficult loss. And the audience just started getting like, well, you don't fucking understand, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get over this. I'm going to get, you're going to understand what I'm saying in a second. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not dogging. I'm saying, as far as I know, as far as Cam's career, that was the first big loss yeah. that he's ever really had. That's Especially the first time yeah, that he was right. truly like, this is my thing. I mean, he won the championships. He came here. He was supposed to make the team great. He made the team great. Supposed to get you to the Super Bowl. Got you to the Super Bowl. Expected to win. Boom. Yeah. Didn't. And the audience was like pissed. And, and, and then I looked at the audience and I said, listen, I'm not dogging the guy. I'm saying he's never really lost. So he doesn't know how to act. And, and somebody was like, I don't understand what you're saying. And I said, okay. Had had they won and had Peyton Manning lost his third loss of four Super Bowls, mm -hmm. do you think he would have behaved differently? And the whole audience was like, oh, shit, yeah. He would have behaved way differently and lost. And I go, because he's lost before, right. so he knows how to lose. I said, don't judge. I looked at the audience and I said, don't judge me by when you went to go see me at the arena and the, we sold 6,000 and it was sold out and I'm at the top of Vitamin Sia, I said, judge me right now. An hour and 45 minutes into a Thursday night show at the bottom of the Comedy Zone. Now you tell me, who the fuck am I? And the whole audience went crazy. Well, most people didn't know one of the linemen was but in the, the front row. Was in there? Yeah. Oh, wow. And at the end of the night, he came and thanked me because he said, you got me over it. What you said made me realize, you know what? I got to move on and it's cool and I don't need to be sad and need to be depressed. And at the end of the night, we were up uh, up uh, upstairs dancing fucking salsa music, you know? And that's, that's who I am. That's your role. That's, that's my role. Your purpose. My well, purpose is to make life fancy. different for that one person that really needs it. And he needed it. And I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't know he was there. I wasn't trying to make a thing about him. It's just what I do. And I was able to help that human being. And to me, those are the moments that supersede any of this other superficial shit. Any of this other dumb stuff about character and attitude that, you know what? I don't have to define myself. People will. But if you believe that, then you don't know who I am. And that's fine. But my role for me is to change the world and to affect people in that way. And I do it a lot. And I, I, I get to be uh, that person all the time. And so. Kid from East LA. Yeah, I don't even look at it like that, man. No. no. <laughs> just, you know, we all have gifts, bro. And we just shine them. You know, you just do the best you can every day. And that's it. That's all that life is. Because. At the end of the day, there'll be ups, there'll be downs, there'll be goods, there'll be bads. It's, you know, it's, how do you feel about yourself? How do you act? How do you behave? You know what I mean? I got a, I got good friends. I got, you know, I, 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 the one thing that I did change was I used to pick up stray dogs. And what I mean by that is I would find people that were funny, but that were broken. Mm -hmm. And I would try to help them not just be funny, but to fix their character or to make them better. I don't do that shit So anymore. that's not these two. No, these guys. I'm I'm <laughs> fucked up, dude. <laughs> Francis says he's we're broken. Francis he, says he is broken. We're broken. He just fixes our comedy. He doesn't do anything for. 
No, but I really don't try to do that anymore. Yeah, no. Nah. Because, because you end up, th- dude, those, are th- those dogs end up biting you. Yeah. They yeah. really do. Those are, those, are the, those are the people that, at the end of the day, they'll just say something negative. They'll betray you. They'll say something. And, and so I just don't. You got to have a good character to hang yeah. out with me. And listen, at the end of the day, I just want to say dick jokes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and have girls Snapchat me their pussy. I think that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's living the dream right there. That song that's is in my head. I'm sorry. Wow, <laughs> is that living your dream too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the way she said that, that's that's living the dream. <laughs> oh shit, I didn't know that that was your dream. Are you on Snapchat? <laughs> you are. Uh, oh, redheads, bro. I, I wanted to go redheads. down in the DM. Have you ever seen Carrot Top from the other side? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> So so well I uh yeah okay well uh, we we got to wrap it up man but I appreciate y'all coming through anytime um, brother I, man. I, uh, you got shows tonight yeah tomorrow, tomorrow sold out tomorrow sold out already so oh so you yeah. okay so if just you got some tonight not a lot either so. tonight and Sunday yeah. and Sunday's gonna be uh, and Sunday's gonna oh, you be got crazy sun- you're here Sunday too yeah, yeah Valentine's yeah, yeah. okay yeah. good stuff where are y'all off to next. Uh, where are we? At? Lake Norman uh, and then no. um. Oh yeah, we're in Lake Norman. We're in Greenboro, Green, Greenboro, Greenboro and Lake, Lake Norman, Norman, and then I go back home for like on, two, two whole weeks. Ontario, it's outside of uh, it's a suburb of Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, if you I, actually, if you watch, what's the what's the show? Workaholics. They're yeah. Rancho Cucamonga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Ontario there. is right next to there. Oh, that's, okay. That's yeah. where it is. So actually, I think they've actually done some stuff in yeah in I Ontario. So. I think so. But uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Nice, nice little. Well, at least you get to go home. I have. I won't be home for like a mu- another month, pretty much. Oh, that's right. Well, because yeah. you know you fell. We've been on the road for like two weeks, and oh. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, she ah. Snapchat me her pussy, and then <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. Well, well, and then he said, "I don't want Snapchat anymore. Can we make it more permanent? Can you text me that photo?" And now all of a sudden, they went from they went from swiping to, "Oh, this is real. It's real now. It's in my gallery." <laughs> we, we we appreciate y'all coming through, man, and and safe travels. Safe travels. Thanks. And have fun in Charlotte. All is good, brother. Yeah, we'll have fun. All right, we'll be back. Hey, guys, you can find Carlos Mencia on Twitter at Carlos Mencia. And uh, check out his uh, website as well for future uh, dates and uh, details. And uh, look for him coming up on TV, too. He's got uh, a bunch of stuff <laughs> coming up as well. Will, uh, you're going to be somewhere next week. Where are you going to be? I'm going to be uh, in Atlanta <laughs> and then Macon, Georgia. And then uh, I'm going to be back here in Charlotte with Craig Shoemaker. All those shows will be with Craig. And uh, Sammy Joe, where are you appearing? Uh, I'll be <laughs> at Mortimer's and at my house. I'll be at the Waffle House. <laughs> yes, I'll um, be at the Waffle House making <laughs> friends with uh, new employees <laughs> and building new Waffle Houses. Right. Or you can find me on Twitter at Sammy on Air. You know, either or. At Sammy on Air is a Sammy at I am Will Jacobs. Will, that's uh, y- uh, your Twitter account. And you're also at uh, yeah, Comedian Will Jacobs Waffle House. on, on yep. Facebook as well. Yep, Comedian Will Jacobs on Facebook. Ooh, a fan yeah, page. You, and you might catch me. Yeah, I got a fan page. And uh, you might catch me down at helping Sammy build Waffle Houses. <laughs> Swinging hammers at the Waffle House. All right. Welcome back to Comedy Zone Podcast. The, the, the crew is still here. 
so. That was my first interview that I was actually able to partake in. Yeah. How'd you like it? <laughs> it was good, <laughs> and I'm glad he brought his whole crew. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Does that normally happen? Uh, sometimes. It depends. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. every once in a while, you'll get somebody that brings. I like that, because he definitely seems like he's mentoring them, and, and that's important to give back when you're when you've gone through the struggle of knowing how far you have to go to make yeah. it. Well, I tell you, I, w I was surprised at, um, not pleasantly surprised at how open he was to discussing oh, yeah, you know, everything. everything that happened because I thought about it the day before, and I think I might have texted uh, about it, texted you about it. and We had like a 45-minute text conversation. About yeah, and we were yeah. like, we're like not what do you sure. Mean you might have texted him. That's a 45-minute <laughs> conversation. It was, uh, he, he doesn't, you know, his attention span it's isn't like like even squirrel. in text, but yeah, exactly. Okay. There's yeah, no. I'm yeah. not good. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not well. Okay. So, 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 but he was, you know, because I thought there was a chance he was going to be like, look, I don't go into that. It's taboo. I'm not yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, I've already dealt with it. Yeah. But right. now he was, he was open and talking about it. And you know it, why? Because so. he said uh, after we were done talking to him that his fans don't really want to hear it. Yeah, they don't. You know, and that's that. like the stage is his outlet. So it's kind of, I think he might have actually liked talking about it yeah yeah it was interesting to get that side because mm. so many people are like oh, i'm not gonna ask him about it like yeah they're they're afraid to but good for you for just going on in there buddy well you know i'm I, you know i was thinking about it i'm like because you know the only reason i'm sure this is part of your reasoning too the only reason i agreed to do this uh was that i i looked at it as an opportunity like i said to have thoughtful conversation sure. with interesting people yeah and i'm like when i think of the comedy world He's got to be near the top of the list of people that have interesting stories. Yeah. I mean, that's that thing that I don't know if you ever saw that clip of him and Joe Rogan off stage. Literally, Carlos Messina. Maybe we can. Well, I don't know if we'll put the link up, but people can go look at it. Look, Google uh, Joe Rogan, Carlos Messina. It's right. viral. Yeah. He's literally Carlos Messina is on stage, and Joe Rogan comes up and confronts him on stage. Joe Rogan's that's got a microphone. Kind of a dick move, well, it was different because <laughs> they had started doing this thing where they called him Carlos Mencilia. Because he had had this reputation for stealing oh. people's jokes. So they were calling him Carlos Mestilla. Carlos wasn't performing. He wasn't performing that night. He was um he had heard people calling him Mestilla, so he said, you know what, let me come to the stage. Right. I'm gonna speak on this. Right. So he comes up to the stage and gets the mic and then uh he starts talking about that and then Joe Rogan, well, you know, going back and forth with him, and then Joe Rogan came onto the stage. Um and then they, you know, kinda had their So thing. it was like a girl fight. It was, you know, it it, it became it was a bunch of words. It, yeah, it it, it it was yeah, it was going back and forth. But Joe Rogan's like an MMA UFC guy, so yeah, you don't you wouldn't swing on him, right? You know, you just kind of got to talk your way through this thing, right? Because physicality wouldn't end well, right, for anybody there. So, and that's not a good look anyway, right, for grown men, right? So, but they but they for had anybody, but right for anybody, grown right, men, yeah. anybody, but particularly for grown men. So, they they went through that, and then. Um, Mencia just developed this. I mean, there is a strong reputation in the comedy community. Comics from top to bottom almost are like, this guy stole jokes. And not just that thing of uh, you sat there and you kind of heard something and it made you. No, this guy deliberately took people's jokes. That's and what people were saying. That's what people are saying. Right. That's right. what people have said about him. Right. And I'm talking about. Latin comics, right. all the right. people that have worked with him. I opened for that guy, and he took my stuff. Like that, it's it's very much that with him. Right. And when he came onto the podcast, I didn't want to, 
relitigate that stuff. Right. I didn't want to go. Uh, I think he appreciated that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And plus, it's you know because listen, if you want to see that, Google it. Right. I'm not here to s- do stuff you can Google. Yeah. My thing is, what is it like? Like I said, it's like child molestation. All it takes is somebody accusing you. I wasn't. Right. I wasn't even interested in him doing it or not. Right. At what is it like walking around with that scarlet letter? Right. Absolutely. And and that and th- and that's how we got into the stuff mm-hmm. about suicide and the stuff about homicide. Right. And some dark places that his mind went to. That's the interesting stuff to me. That's right. the interesting stuff. So I'm yeah, I agree. You know. I mean, and well, how did that strike you? The reason I did this show is because I was promised that I would get paid lots and lots of money. So why are you still here? <laughs> Sammy, right. Sammy. I'm hoping that it's Sammy, the check out. No. no. It's oh. nay on the APEC. Oh. Uh, I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just a little 800000 over here and there. <laughs> um, no, I think that, that struck me very uh, kind of curiously because it's really interesting. People always say it's how you get up from a fall that makes you. And I think that's absolutely f- true for him because when he went to see his therapist and he said most people just do an atomic bomb and they set everything and they just blow their world up and, and then you have to rebuild. So let's focus on not doing that. And I think he's proven that he's done that. He's rebuilt it from, from just somebody's hearsay or, you know, like, oh, well, I heard you did this. And that can ruin your career and that is mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. That gossip can – and I'm sure that's with any career – if it's bad enough gossip, it can ruin your career. But him coming back from it shows how strong and resilient he is, and I think his upbringing has a lot to do with that. Yeah, and, th- and you know, and there's a balance that I wanted to, you know, I'm glad we were able to strike with the conversation mm-hmm. because I certainly wasn't coming in going, he didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, just the, right. you know, just from what I've heard from comics and everything else, I've got my own opinions on that. But, you know, it's just, th- it's just the human element. Like, right. you know, like when I watch Catch a Predator, Remember that show on NBC where they would get the child molesters? Do you want some lemonade? I'm just right, going to go guys. get it inside. But I'm like, what? my thought was always, okay, that happens on the show. But what's life like after that? That guy was a teacher. Well, probably in jail. Well, but some of it is in jail. But then, how d- but I'm interested in the rebuild. What does that look like? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Because I, I think, think we just label people. Oh, he's a this, he's a that. And then we just, we're done with it. But True. I'm just interested in the, hu- the human part of it. Like, this guy, Carlos. Walks around, goes to you know comedy clubs and stuff, and he's got that scarlet letter on him, right. and it's like, how do you? I mean, did you want to quit comedy? I mean, what? Right. What do you do? You yeah. Know? Well, him saying you know the the light was just like a, a pin needle of light, and getting to that light was right. almost seemed overwhelming, and that's why he got the therapist. Which kudos to him, because a lot of people would go, won't do that. I'm gonna handle it on my own, and that's why you have so many suicides, especially in the comedic world where a lot of the comedy are past demons. Right. And and that's why I asked him if he saw the other side of it because when I talk about the human element, there's two sides to that. Sure. Because there's a guy that opened for him that wrote a joke that he feels was stolen. And that's a real thing. And, it, you know, we're not like musicians. Nobody's going to come up and do Thriller and Michael Jackson lose. That was anything. actually mine. That was, oh, you yeah. wrote Thriller. Well, yeah, I, I did. But, but no, you know, nobody's going to come up and take a song and sing it and sure. go whatever. But with comics, when we put stuff out there, you're not if copywriting every joke. Well, you can't. Right. And what are you going to do? Take it to people's court? Right. I mean, musicians can argue over patents and copyrights. You can go to your lawyer friend who's right. on a podcast with you. But you could. But there's. <laughs> but literally, I mean, it, it's freedom of thought. It's artistry. Sure. It's out there. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do. Right. And you know, so for the for for you know the guy that's looking for his big break, and you see Mencia on TV on HBO doing something you wrote. I mean, that's a real thing. So I didn't want to paint Mencia as a victim either. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I didn't want to get into who's right, who's wrong or any of that. Just, you know, how are you navigating all this space? And he talked about the therapy. He also lost a bunch of weight. And we didn't we didn't really Bless get into into that, but I don't know whether that came from the stress of it all or what. But he's he looks like he's lost about 50, 60 pounds. He yeah. used to be a big guy. Now did did uh, really? Comedy Central can't? Yeah, he yeah was, they he canceled was, he was it heavy. in two thousand eight. But after this, yeah, or yeah. because of this, or was it? I don't know if it was. The, and I wanted to ask. I think him it that. was all the controversy around it. Probably. Yeah. Like I'm I'm assuming the network was like, yeah. we don't want to be. We're not dealing with that. Right. We don't want to back it or. Mm. or but they didn't back you. off a of Tosh, which is interesting after the. After the uh, the rape joke that he made, that was stolen. No, 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 no. It wasn't stolen. But remember, there was that woman who he said, and I'm not even I'm not even going to try to quote it. But he made a rape joke about a member of the audience. Oh, okay. Oh, um, and yeah. it became this viral thing, you know, like a Michael Richards because somebody recorded it. But let's be serious, Tosh Bueno or whatever it is, like he is not known for doing tactful or classy. Like nothing is off you know like well, nothing's off the table for right. him right yeah and we and we know that about him and now the interesting part of that was you, like you said there wasn't that blowback right. for him it doesn't make it acceptable but if you know right. you're going to be in the audience of this show you kind of have to have a tough skin i feel like you know but what you're you getting into with right him. yeah not but saying people it's right. are, are a lot of people you know if they're not like real you know comedy fans they'll laugh at jokes that are at other people's expense but then when a joke lands on their feet they get offended oh mm-hmm. that's true you know? okay and yeah. so there's a real yeah that's me to a t <laughs> 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 i'm like I what did you just say awareness <laughs> <laughs> that is me to oh a yeah t. yeah i understand that completely. Yeah. <laughs> but but even but uh, the other interesting thing about it was and you know whether mencia wanted to admit that he was saying this i mean you listen to it he's kind of saying and le- well, he said his fans, but that there's an element of racism in it, or mm-hmm. there's an element of bias in it, right? Yeah. Where because so many other people got a pass for it. White comics got a pass. Right. He didn't. Right. And the same accusations are there. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And then then he gets th- then he goes. Well, I'm not saying it's race. I'm just saying <laughs> just I noticed saying. Right. it was all yeah. white. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah. all right, you know, or his audience said that. It's like, well, you brought that up. The internet well, said it. Right. 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 He feels a little bit of that. So and or it's once an it's pointed point. out, it's easy to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. maybe that, okay. that is it. Uh, you know, it's it's so it's what you're saying is because I am a white girl, I could totally steal all of your jokes. Mm-hmm. I'll t- no, yeah. it's going to happen. Oh, well, th- I, I, you know, I think. <laughs> and then I'm going to be like, Will stole all of my jokes. You should you should do that. <laughs> maybe you do better with them than I do. Right. Because when I say I'm a lawyer or something <laughs> about doing law, they're going to be like, wait a <laughs> second. <laughs> Yeah, but that, but that, you know, so it and it was cool. I wish we'd have got you know even more time to talk to his feature and opener because I'm sure they feel that. Sure, yeah. you oh know yeah. what I mean. Like you go to cities yeah. and it's like, oh, you're working with that guy, you know? Yeah, right. that Scarlet Letter. But I thought the point though that you made about his fans don't care about it, and he even talked about it off mic. Yeah. Um. Afterwards, like his fans don't even want to hear it. Right. It, it, they don't want to hear it. <laughs> and he's gonna play. I mean, you know, last night's crowd here at the Comedy, Comedy Zone was really good. Both sure. shows will sell it's out tonight. Sold out. Shows they're are already out. sold out Saturday night. Sunday will probably sell out. His fans but you said his his fans love him, and not that's concerned. good that yeah. they have that that you know strict. We don't care about this other crap. You you make us laugh, continue to make us laugh. Yeah. Like that guy in the like he said that uh you know I think he talked about this afterwards, but the Panthers player oh yeah that was there, and he you know had kind of mentioned that he talked about you know he came off a tough Super Bowl loss, and this is the first time he's had a chance to, you know, laugh and enjoy yeah. himself. Yeah. And it took him away from a hard circumstance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's examples and of that all over the place. 
Yeah. To get away to get from away. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. all these other little yeah. things going on in your life that are worrying you. Right. So he said that he kind of focuses in on that. And right. that's, you know, and I'm sure just, you know, listeners to this podcast, we may catch some blowback for having them on. I mean, I, you know, I saw Bring it. when the, when the, when, the, <laughs> when even, even, even when the comedy zone announced they were having him on Twitter, people were yeah, like, oh, like, Listen, jokes Carlos is my homeboy. Yeah, why are you so. booking that guy? Yeah. You know, why are you booking that guy? But, you know, for me, you know, the decision was an easy one to 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 want to have him. Absolutely. You know, because it's interesting. But you don't stay away from taboo things. And I think that's no. key. Because there are so many people who do want to know. Right. So as much as you want to hate on the guy and go, oh, I don't want to listen to him, da da da, da but I do want to hear the story. It's interesting. Exactly. It's interesting. I want all the interesting yeah. people, and that's okay. Well, know, I'll look for a replacement then. You, you, you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can say what you want about him, but you cannot make the argument that his story isn't fascinating. A kid from East LA shootings all around him, and I can relate to that because I came up in a poor city with a high homicide rate. Right. You come through that circumstance. You're on TV. You're able to take you care of your people. You essentially make it. Qu- make it right. You, you make know, it. He was he you was as that. big as it gets. No, that's what I'm saying. So you make it, and then you have the fall, and yeah. then there's this, and then you have to come back. Yeah. Right. So it's like that. But I think that part of being from where he's from mm-hmm. better equipped him for the fall. Absolutely. Because if you used to not having anything, right, going from theaters to clubs ain't so bad. Right. So I think that you're still that booking and selling out gigs. Yeah, it's still booking and selling yeah. out gigs. Still, you know, the last special I saw him do is still. It was still the same Carlos Mencia. It was still the hard charging. This is how it is. He doesn't stay away from race. He doesn't. I mean, he goes at it. Yeah. And you know, he's just doing what he does. And the the part that was most interesting to me of it all, though, was the place that he's at now. Because there seems like he, over the interviews I've listened and seen since that happened, it's been kind of almost remorseful. To anybody that, you know, I, I heard or whatever. He said that on Marin's podcast. Anybody, whatever, felt whatever, I'm sorry, and this and that. And now it's sort of curved around to this, you know what? Almost like maybe I tried to please people and it's not working or whatever else. I'm just going to, you know what, balls to the wall. Be me. Yeah. I'm going to be me, like it or hate it. My fans love me. Right. Open defiance. But he Look. said Hollywood loves him. He's getting offers to do things again. That's and what he said. We'll right. see. We'll see. How that goes. Right. We'll, we'll see yeah. how that goes. For him to come out and admit, you know, I was a dick. You know? Yeah, I it, think that it, takes some humble pie yeah. for sure. Yeah. Because uh, to be like, you know, this was my circumstance and that's that's why I was this way. I'm not that way now, but I have the ability, yeah. like you were saying, to bring it out if I need to. Mm-hmm. As almost like a protection. Yeah. It's almost like this, like he was in a competition with other comedians. But it kind of is. Because you got all these people competing to make it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's gonna make it. Yeah, and that's what that's what people don't understand about rap music. A lot of times, like I always have analogies in my head. Like rap music, people go, "Well, you know, the rappers are always talking about how they're this and they're that, and they're coming at each other." You don't see other genres doing that. Well, a lot of rappers come from poor circumstances where they're not used right. to having anything, and right. they're clawing right. just to get out. And you don't know that country artists might be brawling in a saloon. You just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's they're just not uh, talking about. <laughs> right, well, but but <laughs> <laughs> but they, you know, there's this. Eat or be eaten, kill yeah, or be killed. Mentality, right? And that doesn't leave you because you're able to move somewhere different. Right. You're so still gonna have that. You're still gonna have that. So I think with him, he came up in a certain circumstance, and that never left him. So when he says, uh, "All of my management told me not to address it," that goes against everything. Right. Right. He came up in. Right. Somebody disrespects you, you come back. Right. 
they're telling him this is business world. Don't do Leave it. Leave it alone. And yeah. Uh, it's, it's that's tough. It's tough. I don't like being told what to do, especially if, if all I've ever done has been confrontational and you're telling me not to be. Right. Even if I did it. Right. Quit running your mouth about me. Right. I don't. Yeah, right. I did it. And that's I, what I he was saying. On. Like, I. Uh, but you're saying I didn't even steal the jokes from you. Like, then why are you even. Right. His thing was, why are you even coming like to me? How is this even your business? Right. And I, and I think that's, you know, for me. And that's why I like, you know, my, you know, the, the legal thinking. I Sometimes I wish I could turn it off. But I can't. So when I hear something, I'm always interested in both sides of it. I'm interested in Carlos's side. I'm interested in another side. And that's why I asked him. I said, do you see where people are coming right. from? me?" He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it ain't not. his job to right. see it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it, it's not his job to see it. I also you know? think that makes you an interesting interviewer, though, because yeah. people do. Like, I, I don't think of it that way because mm -hmm. I don't have that, you know. I think of it probably from his view when I'm talking to him. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting, like. But do you see it from this guy who's watching you on TV? Like, who's like, hey, man. That's my, I'm still, at the, the I'm still at the Chuckle Hut off on 4th Street. Right. right. Next you to the on Waffle HBO House. with my joke. Right, right. Next to the Waffle <laughs> Next House. Next to the Waffle House with my joke. I'm homeless. <laughs> you want, you know, so I, you know, and that's, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. There is no right answer to any of it. Uh, it's just, it's interesting. The right answer is build more Waffle Houses. Right. And and, and and no matter what happened, I'm glad the suicide stuff is gone. and the homicide stuff sure. is gone. Absolutely, yeah. For that sure. he's in a good he is, place. He has defeated his demons. Right. Or at least got them in cages. Yeah, right. Or learn to live with them anyway. Yeah. Learn to live with them. So right. I'm glad no matter what he did or didn't do that that's the place he's at. Yeah. He's it's a, a better, better place, place for him, for it sure. It is. For yeah. anybody. Yeah. No matter what you did or didn't do. Right. That I'm glad he's in that place. You know, I'm thinking, do we need to start a beef with another comedy podcast? To do what? I don't know. Get followers? Yeah. No, no, no. To just get to on the coattails of somebody? Just like to start calling somebody out. Like, you know, do we need to start talking they crap stole about our Never interview. Not Funny or something like that? You know. <laughs> not unless we want to <laughs> die a slow death. <laughs> coming after you, Pardo. It's kind of like Republicans <laughs> coming after Trump. Leave him alone. Leave right. him alone. That is a sinking ship. Stop he is it. killing people. Right. <laughs> and he has the money to do it. He's so got leave the money him alone. To do it. They, they mess with him, and all of a sudden, they, I thought he was in the, he ain't at the debate. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> they, they come at him, they go. He's, he's got that thing. All right, we won't do that then. Yeah. But no, that's that was a uh, good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a good idea. idea. I'm always thinking. I'm an yeah. idea man, Sammy. <laughs> 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 but no, no, that was, that was cool. And I, you know, it, that's why I do this. That, that was the. That was the fun. Yeah, it was. Now wait, aren't you on the road next week? Yeah, I'm. You, wow, I'm. Yeah, uh, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Then when do you leave? Macon, Georgia. I'm leaving. Actually, I'm leaving Thursday. Yeah, so you won't be here uh, next week. No, and I'm. I'll be with Craig Shoemaker in Atlanta, then Macon, Georgia. Then we're back here Sunday for a uh, show. So wifey is not going to this. No, my wife's not, not going. It's not warm enough. I it's no. Plus, plus, with her schedule, she's got to be very strategic because she only has a certain amount of time, paid time off. I gotcha. So she's got to be strategic about what she'll go to, and that's not on her. So list. you know what Sunday is? What's Sunday? Valentine's Day. What are you doing? Sunday, we're going to the restaurant that we had our first date at. Aww. We do that every year. It's called Razoo's out in Concord. It's like Cajun. Yeah, cuisine. yeah, yeah. Near Concord Mills. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody, go meet him for dinner. Don't He's paying. <laughs> it's on him. Y'all better not cock block on me. <laughs> <out there. laughs> you talk about killing everybody in there. I'm gonna kill everybody <laughs> in there if I don't get what I'm paying for that <laughs> night. But, but uh, yeah, we go out there. We go. We matter of fact, the day I proposed to her, we went to Razoo's first, and then I proposed at the place I met her. 
Uh, so it's got a sentimental value to us. Thank and you. it's it's not prohibitively expensive, which is good. I'm glad we did our first right. date wasn't as uh, first goes a roof, Chris. Which how awkward <laughs> is that for a first date? Like you'd be all proper and it's that's not like take me somewhere where I can eat some wings or now here's starts, here's okay? what I wanna here's what I wanna ask you though. Because my wife tells me that at our, at our first date at this place, because I saw her look down at her phone at one point in the date. And I'm like, well, that's okay. All right. Well, you know, why is she looking down at her phone? And then she did something. I said, okay, whatever. whatever. <laughs> she was calling, canceling her other date. Hey, I'm not going to make Here's what it was. She had already uh, talked to one of her girlfriends. Oh, if I need to say Call it. me at in the middle of the date time. Oh. And then if I pick up, then we have a conversation. I get out of there. Right. If I don't pick up, I'm good. And that so she had a call That's already really in case I sucked. Right. What do women do like? Do y'all have pre backup like backup I plans? I didn't for Daniel. Exit but, strategy. But you know what? I do that with crazy people at the bar. Like I told my bar back last night. Listen, if this guy's still talking to me in thirty seconds, I need you to be like, Sammy, I need you over here. <laughs> and I was dead serious. <laughs> like, don't have me talking to crazy people. But if it's if I agree to go on a date with you, I've probably already pre-screened you enough to be like, all right. Yeah. I can at least get the butter knife on the table <laughs> to defend myself <laughs> in a time that I know you're crazy. I had one of my, my buddies, uh, and this was a male friend of mine. He uh, was like, yeah, he texted me this address. And I called him. I'm like, why are you texting me this address? He's like, you know, where I met this girl. And, oh, uh, no. I just wanted you to kind of know where I was. I said, what kind of wuss of no, a man? Wait, wait, why would you even, if that's even a thought in your brain, that something's about to go down where you could be killed or held responsible legally. <laughs> right. Why would you Are go? Are you going with her? He was on Tinder. <laughs> he was on Tinder. Uh. And he was on the way to her house. And I'm like, do you think you're going to get sexually assaulted? What? Is, are you what going are you to be <laughs> right? What the are assaulter? you? He's like, I just want you to know where I am. All right, man. So send it to your mother. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's. Let's not even talk about the fact that this was in like DC. <laughs> like, I'm not even close enough to help you. If something oh what? Happen. Why are you texting me this? Right. Because you're a lawyer. Right. No, yeah, maybe so. That's maybe why. so. But yeah. women have to do stuff like that, right? Y'all always have some kind of strategy. Yeah. I get out of here if I need to. Right. I mean, I think I can hold my own, but I'm I'm also very wise about what I can and cannot handle. If it's a grown dude and me, I'm gonna lose that battle because I'm tiny. Right. But I will kick and claw and bite as much as I can. Yeah, my money's on you. Right. If it comes down to Thanks. It. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, because no I think I'm I'm scrappy enough. But I think there's a lot of people who would who would just be passive. But side note, on my first date with Daniel, hmm. we went to Carabas, hmm. and so we. He Good had, food. yeah, he had texted me earlier saying, "Should I make a reservation?" I said, "No, it's a Sunday night, not a big deal. Hmm. It's like the fifteenth or sixteenth of February, so it's not. The Valentine's Day has already happened. Hmm. So we go, and he's like, "It's like they said there's a wait." I was like, well, "We'll just sit over here at the little bar thing." So I was like, "All right, that's fine." So we're sitting there and we're talking, and then at the end of the day, like everything's going great. This perfect conversation. There's no dead air. Nice. And he's like, yeah, should we get the check? I was like, yeah, we can go for a drink at wherever. He starts looks, looking around for his wallet. He can't find his debit card. Uh -oh. Drops his phone on the ground. He's like, hold on. And he's like, well, just wait here. I'm just going to go check in my car and see if it's there. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So the whole time I'm like, oh, this is, this is about to get interesting. Uh -oh. So he gets back uh -oh. and he's like, I must have left it at home. Like, I can run uh, home if you want to stay here. Right. But he didn't leave his wallet, just his debit card. And he didn't want to pay with a credit card and so i was like 
you know what? I got it. Like, I've got cash. It's fine. He's like, no. And I was like, it's really okay. You can pay me back. But then I'm like, if you pay me back, that's almost just as weird. Yeah. I was like, I got it. So then ever since then, I'm like, our kids are going to hear about how I had to pay for our first date (laughs) and drinks after because we'd already made plans to go for drinks. Wow. And I'm sure that sold him on you because some women would have heard that and been like, oh, no. Bye. Yeah. 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 A lot of women would have done that. Right. I mean, uh, what was I going to do? Be like, uh, hey, server, thanks. You've been great, but we don't have any money. Like, right. you know, I always come prepared. I'm independent. One of the things, and I think I know as a man that resonates because one of the things that my wife did that made me be like, oh, yeah, was after a couple dates I had paid for, she's like, you know what? Let me treat you. You treat me every time. Let me treat you. Right. I had, like, never had a woman say that to me. Because I think so many women are like, oh, yeah, I get to go to dinner and blah, 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 and he has to pay. That's kind of a... I don't know. Like, I'm very much about like, all right, well, you got this. I'll get this. And I still do that with Daniel. Mm. I'm like, if you want to get, you know, the BART pass for today, then I'll get it to the airport. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just think that's a, a more fair way to do it. And that's and that's the kind of woman you want. I mean, for me, that's the kind I'm of woman that draws well. me. <laughs> Every time. You, you, you and, and my wife, Sandra, y'all are cut from the same cloth. Just good people. Good yeah. upbringings. You, you just, you can tell when people had the right stuff put up in them. Now, since my wife's friends. Whoa, what? Uh, yeah, I don't know how that came out. But yeah, growing up, you had the right stuff stuck in you. Okay. But, but my wife's friends, though. <laughs> but not anymore. Right. <laughs> it's, it stopped at 18. My, wa- my wife's, my wife's, <laughs> my wife's <laughs> friends. <laughs> my, my wife's friends, though, are of that mentality. Some yeah. of them are like, like, I remember I was here doing a comedy show at the Comedy Zone, and I performed, and my wife uh, and her girlfriend had come, right? Her, she wanted her friend to see me do my comedy. Right. So I perform or whatever. I come, I say, what y'all think of the show? The girlfriend was like, oh, it was really good. Wow, you're really funny. My wife was like, yeah, I told you it was really good. So then I walked away. I had to do some other stuff. Right. Well, See your other girlfriends in the audience. <laughs> well, <laughs> in addition to that. I, but no, so later on that night, I'm talking to my wife, and she was like, wow, such and such. You know, she was like really talking stuff after. I was like, what? Ew, what? I was like, why? And she said, because, like, she thought it was kind of crappy that you didn't pay for our food when you saw it. I was like, what? Yeah. She That's was like, we were, really we, bizarre. We had our, you know, chicken, buffalo wings and all that stuff. And she just thought that I was like, I was on stage. I <laughs> was at work. Why would I pay for Why your Why would I be paying for shit? So essentially what my wife told me was if you like it, you should have put a wing on it. That's her <laughs> premise. That's my corny <laughs> oh, way I summarize it. That's, that's a dad joke. That's essentially, w- yeah, it's a dad joke. <laughs> right. But that's essentially what she well, let's was Let's get saying. Carlos back in here because he's <laughs> like, why did you do that? Would that be on a special? Even I wouldn't do that. Would that be on a special? But that's essentially what, Quietly, I used to do that on stage. It didn't get a reaction either. So on that same note, my um, Daniel's best friend mm-hmm. asked me, you know, on his first date with his now wife, mm-hmm. he used a coupon. Just to test it to see because that was his like, right, because if you're not going to want me to use coupons, this is real life. Like this is saving us money. And she actually appreciated it. She was like, good for you for having that knows how to save money. Right. Mario. That's marriage material that night. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's only been two hours, right? (laughs) but I got something I want to ask you. And I've got a coupon for a ring, so I'm hoping you say <laughs> yes. Go right uh, over right now. Well, that's what I like. I like. I think that's really cool. Like people are so, you know, materialistic, and it's like when you, because here's as a man, when you have a woman that's like that, it makes you want to do more for her. Right. You know what I mean? When you get these chicks that are like, oh, a man needs to do this and that, and I won't date a man unless he does this and that, and has like the, uh, un, never-ending scroll. 
of lists that they have to be. I'm like check boxes and yeah. Okay, yeah. good luck with that. Yeah. Let me know in 40 when you have when you're 40 and you have 18 cats. Right. How that's working out. For and you. that's and that I think when a man. No offense sees to that, your two cats. Uh, no, man, Reggie and Toby, they're good. <laughs> but, but but that's as a man that makes you want to do more. I mean, you this you feel the same way about that? That it makes you want to do more when you have a woman that wants to. Absolutely, yeah. Who doesn't put run you through all kinds of tests and you know have a? So you're saying the triathlon was not a good idea. <laughs> the triathlon <laughs> was a terrible idea. Because that was after I he left his card at home. I was like, ready, go. <laughs> no, yeah, I. You want someone who's low maintenance. At least I do. You know, you you want someone who's low maintenance. And, and realistic. I don't think it's realistic yeah. to have one person pay for everything. Mm. That's not fair yeah. to me. Well, yeah. I think once you have you know an established relationship, like like you know right. you. And you and Daniel, if you at this point, right. a year and a half or two years into your relationship, still expect them to pay for stuff, then that's enough. No, I do. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> so I, now I'm being a realist. Because he it's has forgotten happening. his debit card 722 right. times. Right. I'm like, you don't even have a debit card, do you? <laughs> no debit card whatsoever. He's like, I don't even have a bank account. <laughs> so things are looking up. Things are looking up. That's good. So what is it? What are the things with a man? Because we talk about it from a man's perspective. What are the so what are the sorts of things a man can do or does that make you go, oh, okay, we got something here. I like a man that is that way. This I is considerate. I think, well, eye contact is big mm. for me. Like if I can hold eye contact, because a mm. lot of, I don't know, if you're not there for real reasons, you're kind of like distracted, you're on your phone, mm. anything like that. Um, but I think little things, like Daniel always opens my door for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And How I think, that? and that's, and I don't ask him to, but that's, he's like, I got it. I got the door. And he won't let me walk on the side of the street. That's closest to the street. Right. Yeah. He walks on, you know, that's just in case. So a car would take him out first and then me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I would see it coming. I would have better chance to run. But just little things like that, because I, those don't cost anything and it's just manners. I think men miss that. Yeah. Men absolutely. miss that a lot. They think it's about going in. Women miss purse, it too. Right? Like, miss it being there. Yeah. <laughs> Like a man, like like a man will say, okay, well, I bought her red bottom shoes, but never does any of the stuff you just right. said. Right, right. And that's there's only so much money can do. Money is not going to fill that void of like, oh, he really cares about me, you know. Like I was stressing the other day, and Daniel rubbed my back. He was like, it's fine, you can't control it, just See, let it that go. That stuff right. is yeah. Right. Because if you could be a millionaire and buy purses, I'm going to put a wing on it. Put a wing on <laughs> it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that's going to haunt you forever. By the way. That's going to stick with me. That's my scarlet letter. The yes. wing joke. <laughs> Well, uh, that was that was fun. We got into the the Mencia stuff. Talked a little bit about relationships, the Super Bowl. Yeah, I feel very satisfied with this podcast. Me too. Good luck on your show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for Sammy, Brian. You're I'm very Will. abusive to this table. I'm right beating now. this table. I know. I'm getting. I'm, I'm weird. Uh, thanks for <laughs> listening, everybody. We'll catch y'all next week. Goodbye. Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Heffern, Lisa Barr, and Brian Baltashevitz. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.